Today, we're watching Star Trek The Motion Picture, woo! With an alien force unseen before headed toward Earth. Now Admiral Kirk will have to take control of the newly refitted Enterprise and reassemble his crew to save it! From December 8th, 1979, it's Star Trek The Motion Picture, or Lights, Camera, Slash Factor! Woo! Isn't that the truth? Oh, yeah. I'm Cam. That's Dan. And we are the Meth Generation. This movie is a thirst trap. <laughs> Straight up. Kirk is a thirsty, thirsty bitch in this one. He is just... He, <laughs> he is a thirsty bitch. Uh. And, I mean, I have always wondered to myself, what happened? Because Spock left, was never coming back, and was on was trying to purge himself of all emotions. So shit got real. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. And then Kirk, like, <laughs> took a job on earth at starfleet command in san francisco because oh an admiral position yeah whatever he couldn't stand to be on the enterprise without him yeah when he showed up oh god it was this 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 movie had a lot of uh what i call the cheers effect every time i saw a character i would just say their name (laughs) As you would norm. So, <laughs> but did it bring you joy, <laughs> Cameron? I don't want to tip my hand for my rating, but this movie was a mixed bag. But part those parts brought me unbridled joy. Lots of people feel that way, Dan. You're not alone. Well, I should probably read the thing, which I tried to tone down because I originally had like four pages, and that's too much. So, well, you know. If it takes as long for us to review it as it did to watch the movie, so be it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's such a long time. In 2271, a Starfleet monitoring station, Epsilon 9, which was beautiful, detects an alien force hidden in a massive cloud of energy moving through space toward Earth. The cloud easily vaporizes three of the Klingon Empire's new Katinga-class warships who had challenged the cloud in their own space. Eventually, the cloud destroys Epsilon 9 as well, en route to its ultimate location. Spock has been on Vulcan, pursuing Kolinor. Kolinar. The purge of all emotion. I said Kolinar. <laughs> Kolinar, which is another type Kol- of purge that Spock is in desperate <laughs> need of. <laughs> Kolinar. And almost gets some sweet-ass reward bling until he senses the entity in the cloud and heads out. On Earth, the Starship Enterprise is undergoing a major 18-month refit. Its former commanding officer, James T. Kirk, has been promoted to Admiral and works in San Francisco as Chief of Starfleet Operations. And has had this position for two years. Starfleet dispatches the Enterprise to investigate the cloud as the ship is the only one with an intercept range, requiring its new systems to be tested in transit. Kirk and Scotty share a lovely moment on a pod heading for the beautiful new Enterprise. I should say moments. Oh, yeah. I was like, Kirk (laughs) x Scott? I would have never. (laughs) 
moments. Citing his experience, Kirk takes commands of the ship, angering Captain Willard Decker, who had been overseeing its refit as its new commanding officer, and who is the son of crazy Commodore Decker of Doomsday Machine fame. Oh, yeah! And also, remember how I said we talk about Matt Decker being listed as one of the great captains? He was until he went all Captain Ahabby, but that's why he's on that list. Gotcha. Because he was one of the best until he lost his mind and, you know, yeah. beamed his ship to a planet that was then eaten. And he went full on Ahab. You never yeah, go he full did go Ahab. full on Ahab. Call me Ishmael, damn it. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> it never went well. Um, anyway, so they're testing the new systems, and it goes horribly wrong when two officers, including the new science officer, Sonak... Kirk loves his Vulcans. Oh, yeah. Are horribly killed by a malfunctioning transporter. Run by our dear Rand. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> yeah, don't look at her. Not just the legs. Just don't look at her. She feels terrible. <laughs> she does feel terrible. And I can't blame her. Don't beam up. God, stop the fucking. Oh, son of a bitch. She tried. She tried everything she could. We have to anyway, believe that. After they leave space dock, improperly calibrated engines nearly destroyed the Enterprise due to a wormhole effect, and Kirk's unfamiliarity with the ship's new systems increases the tension between him and Deckard. He wants to fire phasers, which have been routed through the engine, and it's not going to work. Anyway, things are a little tense and a little slashy. Just when you think things couldn't get any slashier, Commander Spock arrives as a replacement science officer, explaining that while on his homeworld, he felt a consciousness that he believes emanates from the cloud and was unable to complete the ritual because his human half felt an emotional connection to it. The Enterprise intercepts the energy cloud and is attacked by an alien vessel within. A probe of high plasma lightning something appears on the bridge, attacks Spock, and abducts the navigator, Ilya. Is that right? The navigator, Ilya? Yeah. I mean, it yeah, kills Ilya. her, abducts her, you know, incorporates well, I mean, her or whatever. When I said her name out loud, I was like, is that right? Elia? <laughs> is it Elia? No. Ilya? I think it's Ilya. I don't remember. I, I was going I to rewatch. I just refer to her really as quick. Mrs. Clean. <laughs> Mrs. Clean. <laughs> She's the Delta, and I, I, Cameron, you're doing a lovely She's job. She's the Delta, and I don't want to interrupt. I just want to say the only thing I think you should mention that you forgot is they did pick up McCoy before they left, and he they did. looked amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he was drafted. That... He was reactivated and drafted by Kirk because he's a dickhole. <laughs> but continue. They're in the cloud. They no, blew it's up true. Mrs. Clean. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things, actually, oh, which yeah. I saved for my favorite things. Um, anyway. Maybe it is Aaliyah. I, Aaliyah. I don't remember. I think it's and Aaliyah. I just watched this. I watched it last fucking night. thing so. twice. All right. Well, we're going to go with Aaliyah. Any of you listeners want to correct us, please do. Send us angry uh, memes. Bah, 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 bah. Yes, send us angry memes. Anyway, Abduxilia, she's replaced by a robot replica, another probe sent by Vidra to study the crew. Decker is distraught over the loss of Elia, whom he has had a romantic history, even though she's sworn an oath of celibacy. 
fun thing to Which announce on to the bridge right when you first come to start your job. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's heard about Kirk and his I know. pansexual leading I, man-ness. I, I wrote down in my notes at that point, um, this is how all conversations with Kirk need to start. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. He's become troubled because... He's attempting to extract information from the doppelganger, which has her memories and feelings buried inside. Spock takes a spacewalk to the alien vessel's interior and attempts a telepathic mind meld with it. The sheer power kicks his ass! But in doing so, he learns that the vessel is V'ger itself, a living machine. Finally, after quite some time, at the center of the massive ship, V'ger is revealed to be Voyager 6, a 20th century Earth space probe believed to be lost in a black hole. The damaged probe was found by an alien race of living machines, possibly the Borg if Beta Canon is to be believed, that interpreted its programming as instructions to learn all that it can be learned, all that can be learned, and return that information to its creator. The machines upgraded the probe to fulfill its mission, and on its journey, the probe gathered so much knowledge that it achieved consciousness. Spock realizes that V'ger lacks the ability to give itself purpose other than its original mission, and it's also basically a child. Having learned what it can on its journey home, it finds existence meaningless. Before transmitting all of its information, V'ger insists that the creator come in person to finish the sequence. Decker offers himself to V'ger. He merges the merges with Ilya and the probe. And uh, Ilya the probe, not Ilya and the probe. <laughs> that sounds like a sitcom. Uh, he emerges with Ilya and V'ger and creates a new life form that disappears into another dimension. With Earth saved, Kirk directs the Enterprise out to space for future missions. And so ends Star Trek, the motion picture. I started this movie at 11 o'clock at night. No, Ooh, I'm sorry. 11.30. <laughs> and it honestly took until like the last half hour where I was like, Jesus, come on. <laughs> <laughs> get on with it because <laughs> um, up until that point I was just so happy to be on the Enterprise right with these with these fine folks it was um, and with everyone everyone even Chekhov <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny story apparently Gene originally asked his wife to be Emrys from the animated series <laughs> and she was like she was like, no, absolutely not. So she came back as doctor, which I loved. I don't need to be fighting with another MD about this. I need a good nurse, Jim. That was coded lang lingo for you better get some fine tail in my med bay for me. <laughs> yeah, no, I loved beaming McCoy on was one of my very favorite Thing. Can I just say I'm really nervous to watch the next generation because I don't know who I'm gonna imitate that's gonna be as magnificent as McCoy. <laughs> the McCoy voice just like it warms my heart. So maybe the ghost of McCoy is gonna wander around the Enterprise. I don't know. I'm just saying. Well, I told you McCoy tours the Enterprise. Fair enough. So you can still. I mean, I'll, I'll, you can I'll, still have him. There. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Um. So Cameron, how did this come to be? When we last left Star Trek. It was a canceled TV show that came back briefly as a cartoon. And in the meantime, I'm guessing maybe novels, maybe comic books, who knows? But how did this, yes. how did this well, happen? Well, the thing is, Paramount was trying to redevelop a new Star Trek series called Star Trek Phase 2. Whoa. And this story, 
Really? Was originally, yes. And this story was originally the pilot, the two-hour special pilot for that series. Um, <clears throat> so it was on again and off again. In fact, so much so that when this movie was announced, George Takei was like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. So they were trying to redo Star Trek as a TV show with this original cast? They were. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting, interesting. Yep, absolutely with the original cast. I mean, it was just supposed to be the second five-year mission. Gotcha. And thing kept, things kept going horribly wrong. So then they decided that it should be a movie because of Star Wars and because of 2001 A Space Odyssey. And because Gene, Bar Gene Roddenberry didn't want it to seem like an imitation, he wanted it... To to see he made sure that there were no battles in this movie he was like i don't want it to seem like we're trying to emulate star wars i don't want it to seem like a copycat i want it to seem like star trek through and through which is why there is <laughs> nothing happening except good old-fashioned star trek <laughs> i was gonna say um, well uh mission accomplished this was because if you rewatch star wars today there's parts of it where you're like man this kind of drags and uh star trek is like Hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> Hold my beer. Um, I mean, yeah. So, and then there was all sorts of drama with the actual writing of the script. The story is by my favorite author, Alan Dean Foster, who was Gene Roddenberry's protege at the time. But it was written by... Uh, oh Hold God. up. Do you have the script in front of you? No, I don't. Uh, I've got Harold Livingston as the screenplay yes harold livingston yeah. um what i have is captain's log the unauthorized complete trek voyages Ooh. and it's got stories about everything but my favorite i'm just going to read this quote real quick is from our dear author and he said i was upset with the film it wasn't just it wasn't what i wanted i can't honestly say this wasn't my fault because in the end i took the rap for it anyway but if I do a poor job, I'll tell you it's bad. I know it's bad. I'll welcome help. I'm certainly not infallible. Gene would never admit that he wrote a bad line or couldn't write. He made an industry of Star Trek, and that's really... He's really done nothing else. Gene values lay in his knowledge and his experience. If he had imparted that and let professionals do their job, you'd have had a picture. <laughs> Whoa! Savage! <laughs> Yeah, things did not end well between them. He quit three times because he would, like, you know, write something and send it off, and then Gene would intercept it and rewrite some stuff and then send it on no. its way. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's <sighs> terrible. I did not. Yeah, no. And so they ended up, yeah, they ended up fighting about credit all the time with the Writers Guild and... Yeah, it just wasn't pretty. Did this movie go but, to mediation, uh, I wonder? Um, as far as like write, writers, no, it did not. writers Guild mediation where they decide credits? No, because Gene has always said that he, if someone's willing to fight enough for it, then he won't. Hmm. So he, Interesting. he ended up settling for story credit, even though he, because, I mean, it's based on an idea of his that Alan Dean Foster took and ran with. Right. But he was like, none of the... And of course, in this article, there are... You get to hear Gene's side and the author's side. And so it's just a fascinating read. But yeah, not fans of each other at all. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> okay, well, what did you love about this movie, Dan? I 
loved the even though it, it took forever the getting the band back together i didn't realize i missed some of these characters you know um when we see vulcan which looked fabulous by the way it it was one of those guess guess where it was filmed where at least the, the pre-portion in yellowstone oh no shit that's awesome yeah um a tie into both of our home states. Woo. Anyway, continue. Um, when when we saw when we saw Spock on Vulcan, like those painted backgrounds and the the live effects in the foreground blended pretty well. It was like classic '80s epic shit. We're talking our Conan the Barbarians. We're talking our Masters of the Universe. We're like I can see that aesthetic forming there, where I was like, ah, there's the germ of it. There's your Excaliburs, your other shit. Um, mm-hmm. It was I did I did write down story by recycled plot because um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as soon as as yep. soon as it starts going, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this movie now because years ago I wanted to watch Wrath of Khan because I was like, you can't go around going Khan if you've never watched it. So I was like, well, I better watch this one first. Which was a mistake, having not watched any of the original <laughs> series. I was like, this is Star Trek? This is what people get all excited about? Are you fucking kidding me? This is terrible. Yeah, no, that's not a good entry. I was like, uh, so is this just a show where they're like super in love with their models? Because that's what I'm getting out of this is like real long extended shots of models being like, look, look how beautiful. <laughs> Look at this space station you've never heard of. Look at these Klingon ships. They're so beautiful. Um, this time, I obviously had context, but I, but I remembered enough to remember we're going to meet uh, V'ger and what V'ger is. And so as soon as they said V'ger for the first time, I just groaned and was like, ah, damn it. <laughs> damn it damn it i know i was like nothing's gonna happen in this movie i remember now but it took until 20 minutes to the end for me to really feel that like i had a good time watching this for the majority of it um i love i did too um i loved spock you know failing his kalinar um and sensing a disturbance in the force and <laughs> being like <gasps> There's something there's something coming towards Earth. And even though we're not speaking right now, I can't let anything happen to Jim. Um, <laughs> that's that's exactly what that was. Right? He's got his long hair. I was like, clearly there was a breakup and neither of you are handling it well. You've gotten super religious. He's gotten it buried in his work. It's a tale as old as time. And it takes a universe-shattering event for you two to come back together. Um I'm just scrolling through my notes. Ooh, Klingons! Right from the beginning. Right. I was like, that's a Klingon. And they're speaking and Klingon. Klingon. So uh, so was Which, Klingon invented for this movie then? It was. And guess who it was invented by? Uh J.R.R. Tolkien. No. Our dear James Duhan. Shut the fuck up. James Duhan no, invented seriously. Klingon? He did, and so much so that later, uh, Mark Okrand, who is the linguist who created Klingon, he based everything on what James Duhan did for this movie. And he also created Vulcan, which 
was truly a feat because they filmed it in English and then decided they wanted it in Vulcan. So he literally made syllables up that fit over the English, the filmed English, so that it looked believable. Wait, are you telling me James Duhon dubbed all the foreign language in this? He like he created it. He didn't, he didn't dub he it. He didn't speak but, it. But no. But he made it up. Yes, he did. Oh my god, I love him. I know he's the fucking. That's best. fantastic. But I saw. I was like, "Ooh, those those warbirds actually look kind of cool." And then we saw the interiors, yeah, and I was like, "Oh, so now they're like legit Klingons. Now they don't look shitty anymore." Um, and then they started speaking, and I was like, "Oh, Klingon! All right, all right." Um, and I don't know if you recognize the Klingon captain. I did not. Should I have? Yes, you should have. Mm, okay. He was also the first Romulan and Spock's father. Oh, that was <laughs> Sarek, was it? Yeah. What's what's the gentleman's name? Mark Leonard. Oh yeah, there he is, Klingon captain. Yeah. Um, so it really was the whole band. It back really was. I really enjoyed how you know how things started like that. Very ominous. Very very big. Very showy. Very intense and then we get uh you know the reintroduction of spock i went spock and then kirk i was like oh it's kirk and then oh scotty and then i did not realize it was yeoman rand until he called her name and i was like oh oh that is rand i guess (laughs) (laughs) it's absolutely rand she looks great yeah she's not wearing a mini skirt though so and she doesn't have a basket hair we're going to have a whole discussion about hair and makeup for this film because Starfleet's got some uniform issues. Like, these are <laughs> atrocious for the most part. They are. So funny bad. story. What's, what's the funny story? They, are, they were so uncomfortable. I mean, you had to actually have help to get in and out of them no matter what, which is awful. But the cast agreed that they would not come back for a second film unless they got new uniforms. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Um, <laughs> when uh, when we see Kirk and he's got the uh, the new science officer with him there, um, what was his name? Selok. Oh, Sonok. Sorry, Sonok, not Selok. He was. He's. Uh, when he's walking with him, I'm like, oh, well, I see how you're handling the breakup. Mm, trade him in for a, a younger model, are you? Wow, Kirk. <laughs> Classic midlife crisis Kirk. Um, I'd prefer a Vulcan if at all possible. It's like, man, he just, <laughs> Spock ruined him. He can't be the same globe-trotting intergalactic coxman that he always was before. He, like, I know. he just wants one Vulcan, and uh, it's not the not the right one um but the the ship looked amazing holy shit the exteriors the interiors it's a completely different vessel than it was on the tv show oh yeah like she's beautiful utterly beautiful on the outside like the outside i was like damn they i i'm not sure what the budget was for this do you happen to have that information uh, I can. Find it was supposed out. to be fifteen million, and it ended up being forty-six million. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would do it. Um, yep. No, I mean they 
they spent the money on the models and they wanted you to look at those goddamn models. It's like, Scotty, aren't you kind of taking the long way for us to dock? <laughs> He's like, because they ended up coming back around over it and coming in the back. I'm like, that's where you were coming from. Come on. I know. I always like to tell myself that uh, there was some kind of operation going on in the back and so they had to take him around the front. But it was obviously just this is terrible. Look at the ship. When we met Decker, I was like, "Oh, it's the pedo dad from Seventh Heaven." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is the dad from Seventh Heaven. It is the dad from Seventh Heaven. Yep. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um. <laughs> I I did appreciate that all of my fears about the transporter were realized in this film. Um, yeah, yeah, they were. That was fucking horrifying. Whatever, whatever I mean, came back didn't live long. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, endlessly horrifying. I'm surprised that they got McCoy to use it at all because he was like, "Did you fucking see what just <laughs> happened there?" <laughs> McCoy like might as well have had a mai tai in his hand. He was like, "Jim, I was on the beach. I was getting laid. I wasn't doing any of this shit." <laughs> and then he shaves in record time and. For a while, he's the only one with the, like, 70s V-neck collared uniform going on. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'll come back, but I'm wearing my clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (sighs) You know, engineers, they love to change things. McCoy was gold in this movie. Like, I know, just the best. He was, he was right back to where he was supposed to be. Chekhov was, again, useless. No point. Um... Sulu, Sulu. But he was got fun. to be injured and scream. He did get to be injured and scream. Um, Uhura was was on her game. Um, it was just it was my main thing was this was I could totally see why it was such a meandery slow film because they get a lot of mileage out of just the reintroduction of characters where they're just like and now this person's back and this person's back and you're like oh. And then Spock shows up, and they're all like Spock, and he's just is he's playing it like he's just so consumed with the mission, and he's so into the cloud, but he's just like, I'm just I'm just here to help. I don't want to I don't want to get dragged into anything. It's good to see you again, Jim. <laughs> <clears throat> it's I mean it's the perfect subtext it's, for this. Oh, it's so fucking love slashy. story to end all love stories. Oh, it is. So sla- like this is a lover scorned, and uh, yeah, no engineering looked incredible. I loved that redesign. Um, I really enjoyed. Yeah, we get to see an actual warp core for the first time. Mm-hmm. I liked Spock's weird little space suit with the with the rocket booster on the back i was like that's stupid and i love it (laughs) (laughs) i loved uh when he had to um penetrate the orifice (laughs) yeah i was gonna say charging toward features anus yeah i was was like he's timing it just right he's like just relax feature breathe (laughs) i'm right here with you (laughs) He's he's done this before. I'm gonna count down from ten. <laughs> I want to be inside you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man, the warp effect when they finally get up to warp—that looked great. 
Um, right? I'm not sure how much of this is like remastered that I watched, but there was definitely some special effects that did not meld with those models, like where they cut awkwardly from this gorgeous shot of the ship or like Jim and Spock, uh, Jim and uh, Scotty looking out from the shuttle at the ship and then they cut around to the other side and it's just like their superimposed image on the shuttle of like, oh look, <laughs> no, they're in there. They're really in there. <laughs> look, we're in space. Ooh, said Gene Roddenberry. Look how beautiful it is. Uh, yeah. Um, I I loved having the gang back together. That was That's like what this is. Um, yep. You know, Spock and this this movie is let's get the g- gang back together and Spock and Kirk reuniting. Um, yep. Although I still feel like they're a little shaky still at the end. They're not a hundred percent, but there's like a tentative. They're like the door is open. Um, <laughs> when Spock was like, you know what? You tell me what you liked about this, and then we can have just a whole slash discussion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I maybe it's because I have spent the last year, the last literal year with these people, but I enjoyed this movie more than I ever have before. All the things that irritated me for just didn't really bother me. Like even Scotty and Kirk, <laughs> that was always my, ugh, <laughs> for fuck's sake. Get on the ship. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> she's beautiful but i i mean that's always been my past but this time i was just actually riveted by taking in every detail of the enterprise and i didn't mind i mean they could have gone on for another two minutes and i would have been a-okay um i also just loved i had forgotten that rand was the transporter chief as well but it really brought joy to my heart to see her again and i uh i i mean i loved the scenery the the entire the new sets for the ship the san francisco yards vulcan the interior of the klingon ships vijer herself i thought she was although you want to talk about something that yeah endlessly beautiful because that shit (laughs) that cloud that went on forever (laughs) they're like oh you think we took a long time looking at the ship before watch this we're gonna milk getting inside for 20 goddamn minutes. <laughs> yeah, we are. Again, there's two pages here that just say, we go through the cloud over and over and over again. <laughs> it's gonna Still be going. great, said Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> People are gonna lose their shit. <laughs> and we kind of did. But yeah, and I, I mean, like you said, getting the team back together was just such a great joy. They uh they tried really hard in this movie to make it look like nobody had aged, which was stupid. Yeah. They, <laughs> they ended up trying to they ended up making it part of the story that the crew was aging. It's just part of, you know. Right. It's part of human existence and so they embrace that. And with the rest of the movies I really appreciate how they embrace that. But yeah, I it was just so great. The getting the gang back together really was the theme and it's it tickled me deeply almost in my downstairs yeah this was a lot of nostalgia that's for sure well yeah absolutely and it worked beautifully 
I'm trying to imagine what the reaction would have been for Trek fans when this was really happening because the show had been off the air for 10 years. Um, yep. And yeah, you had the cartoon, but you had the cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> so there probably wasn't a great taste in anyone's mouth um, who was a diehard Trekkie. But I mean, the thing made its money back. It uh, opened. More than made its money back. Well, it opened with twelve million. That's a good. That's a good opening, especially in the the seventies. Um, total domestic gross is eighty two million. But you have to bear in mind that the split between the studio and the exhibitors, like the individual theaters, is about fifty fifty. So really, Paramount only saw about forty one million dollars on a thirty five million dollar budget. At least that's the report. I thought that it made. Oh no. This is know. Box Office Leave Mojo that, that I'm looking at. Oh, Box Office Mojo. Yeah. Because I was going to say, oh, it's internationally. It made $147 million. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't have um, international numbers on here for some reason, which is weird. Usually they have both, but I guess that's an estimate. But so, yeah. So it's still 147 You're looking at a little less than 50 for that. Okay. Yeah. So, it did make it did make enough money to easily justify a sequel. Yes. Or and eight. they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it way more than I have, and I'm not ashamed to say it. Well, that's lots good. Of, I mean, lots I'm of glad. the articles that I've been reading, this is a huge divisive movie. I mean, people either love it or they hate it. I'm surprised people don't have more medium feelings about it because you do get like a big chunk of it is just like the gang is back. Hooray, the gang is back. <laughs> and they're they've all been doing stuff, but they're back together for this occasion. <laughs> that all works this out. This doomsday just apocalyptic perfectly. occasion. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. When they're <laughs> So most of them still work there. There's really only the core three that they have to get back. And Kirk will, of course, do anything to be on the Enterprise. Like, he's probably buried in the walls of the ship. Um, and uh, McCoy, I love that McCoy is, like, hard retired. Is like, how? You dick. You drafted me. I was out. I was out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you did. This is your doing. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Um, I need you. Badly. <laughs> yeah, that's where that, that came is from. That's where that came from. Um, Darling, are you all right? I need you. Badly. Cameron. Yes, Dan. Let's talk Slash for a minute. Yes, let's talk Slash. I think that... You think that? When, <laughs> when Kirk and Spock are together again, and... Uh, Spock just immediately gets to work on solving the ship's problems. He says, uh, I'm going to, you know, calculate the fuel equations, which I read as him going, I'm still hurt, Jim. <laughs> it was so like it, he was trying to play it as all consuming with the mission, but it was 100 percent. I just I need to give you a little bit of the cold shoulder right now. I just uh Absolutely. I just can't. I just can't with you. I'm I'm here, but I just It's still raw, Jim. And don't think I didn't hear about that other little science officer floozy you had, okay? Don't think that word didn't reach back. 
He's Vulcan. I was on Vulcan. You think I don't know? You think I don't know? (laughs) (laughs) He's got like curlers in his hair. He's got a robe on. (laughs) I'm just going to do the the fuel equations. Don't look at me. (laughs) You just sit over there. Um, but between between that and just the way Spock, 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 the way he kept calling his name as he's like figuring out the finalizing the calculations for what was it the shield right when they were about to get hit or something mm-hmm. yeah that's what it was the way he kept saying his name. Like you could tell, he just on the end of it wanted to say, Spock, if we're going to die, I need you to know I want to build the cabin. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you that baby. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm old. Don't let this convincing die job fool you. But (laughs) (laughs) Well, and even just the, Spock, please sit down. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It was just. I can't handle it if you're standing up. I get too good a view of your backside, and I don't want to do things in front of McCoy. I'm going to regret. Or maybe he taps in. I don't know. There's a reason they call him Bones. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was... The show is so much more entertaining with that subtext. I, this this show was... This was a slash stravaganza, dare I say it. It was a slash stravaganza. And, I and then, uh when they when they rescue Spock from the from Feature's anus, um, and they pull him <laughs> back in, and of course Kirk is is right there. No, didn't he go out? Didn't Kirk put on the suit? He go- did. Yes, that's what it was. I, he was gonna he was th- gonna chase. That him. was my other big slash moment where I was like, again, Kirk throws caution to the wind and is like, I know I'm old and have barely been on this ship a day, but I feel like I should uh, go on an away mission. <laughs> Stretch my legs a little. <laughs> Rescue my, my one true love from space death. <laughs> from space anus. Yeah. <laughs> or spanus, as it were. Ah, uh, the rain in spanus stays mainly <laughs> in sanus? I don't know. In Uranus. There we go. <laughs> truly, truly, this uh, was a master class in Slash. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was so subtle. And so incredibly believable mm-hmm. that it just, it makes everything better. Yep. So what do you think, why did you think, why do you think they broke up? Oh, man. Um. Well, I think Kirk was still too career focused and was like, no, I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to go take our away time, take our leave time to go look at properties on Vulcan. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Well, I've booked the tickets. We talked about You did that. I didn't make you do that. Jim, I'm going to Vulcan, and you are welcome to come with me. And he didn't. And then Ugh. he couldn't be on the ship, and Spock requested to go inactive. They never spoke. And then Kirk went uh, and said, I can't be on the ship anymore. I need uh, – there's an admiral position. I'm going to apply. For the promotion and I will just be on earth and yeah but then he couldn't stand this the is... thought of another man inside his ship <laughs> <laughs> this is it might be playing a hand since I know more about these movies than you do but I honestly think that maybe he had promised that they were going to go to Vulcan together and then they offered him the admiralship and he's like Spock I can't I have to stay I have to 
I have to do this. Mm. Oh, God, I'm getting clamped. I know. And Spock went anyway. And Spock said, yeah. He was like, fine, and I'm going to purge all my emotions, too, while I'm at it. Yeah, right? (laughs) I'm sick of being second to your career, Jim. Yeah. Oh, it's it's such a torrid love affair. It's just... I just want these crazy kids to work it out and get together. I know. Me too. At least they're they're back on the ship together. And now we all know what's coming in Wrath of Khan. And I'm looking forward to viewing that through a slash factor lens. And meeting Kirk's son? Yep. What the fuck? Which is, the, which is throwing another wrench into the whole thing. Right? <laughs> it was before I knew you, Spock. You can't hold it against me. You know how I am. <laughs> I'm yeah, not asking Spock, you to you know. apologize. I just want you to think about how this must be for me, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Spock spent the first six months on Vulcan commiserating with Achaya. No. Went to the spot where he was buried. Oh, there you go. Oh, God. There. He just he just went and hung out by Achaya's grave. Oh. <laughs> It's, and then was like, fuck this shit. I'm purging my emotions. I can't. I can't. I, can't I literally cannot anymore. <laughs> uh, thank you for going on this on this slash exploration with me. I wanted to really get into that before I just shit all over this film. <laughs> I understand. I honestly am so content that you just really enjoy the gang getting the gang getting back together. That's what I need. You can shit on everything else because it needs to be shat on. That's that's what I needed out of this situation. Yeah, I was watching this with my wife, and I just went, "God damn it!" And Courtney goes, "What?" And I'm like, "Well, don't tell Cameron, but I think I might like Star Trek." <laughs> <laughs> I win, <laughs> and we're only two series in. Well, I actually original uh, the original series crew. I like. I like the original series crew. I I was gonna say the quest. The question for me has never been if you would like Star Trek. I knew you would come over to the dark side. My question has always been which crew will be your favorite. Ooh, that's gonna be. I feel like later series are gonna have an advantage on more episodes than the original series crew got. I mean, I'm... Well, it's, luckily enough, Next Gen, Voyager, and Deep Space Nine all have seven years worth. Jesus exactly, Christ, we're going to be tradition. doing this forever. Um, <laughs> yep, we are. <laughs> so the, those will be a little tighter heat. And I know that uh, only, only the original series and Next Gen have had the filmic treatment. So... It's going to be, I, I'm sure, I know that the big debate is original series versus next gen. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see it, but God, it is going to be hard to compete with Kirk X Spock slash factor, Scotty's alcoholism. <laughs> and McCoy being. McCoy. McCoy is McCoy. <laughs> like McCoy. Bones is the shit, man. I love this insane, <laughs> dark, twisted. Ugly ass doctor. <laughs> his his beard when he came on the Enterprise and with his collar and a little chain on, I was like, man was probably living it up in Florida. Like he was straight <laughs> up chilling on the beaches of Miami 
and Absolutely. and just trolling for ass. That's all. That's how he's <laughs> spending his retirement. And uh, Kirk has interrupted that. He's like, "You just couldn't stand the idea of somebody else getting laid, could you?" <laughs> oh, ooh, maybe Spock told everyone, <laughs> and Kirk wasn't ready. Oh, that could be. <laughs> That's why McCoy's like, you just can't uh, in the idea of getting laid. I know you and Spock didn't work out, but fuck Jim. God <laughs> damn it, Jim. <laughs> just go be with your pointy-eared hobgoblin. <laughs> your kids are beautiful together. <laughs> Warms my old southern heart. <laughs> uh, this this, this oh, shouldn't man. have been called so much. Star Trek the motion picture. It should be Star Trek McCoy's back in town. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And just like even him walking onto the bridge, seeing some stuff happen and then being like, nope, fuck this shit. I'm out. Yep. <laughs> Without saying anything. And Kirk going, oh, God. <laughs> yep. Yep. I did something wrong, didn't I? <laughs> Scott to bridge. We've got problems. Okay. What did you hate, Dan? These fucking uniforms, for starters. <laughs> Jesus I, Christ. I These beige <laughs> jumpsuits make everyone look like androgynous mannequins. Yeah. They were terrible. And then, like, some people tight. have jumpsuits, and some people have, like, a two-piece uniform, and then... They all change for no reason into short sleeves with the with the cut neck and the collar. The uniforms just keep changing a lot in two days for no reason. But those when everyone's assembled watching the footage of it coming in on Epsilon 9, I was like, these people look terrible. Also, this is eerily similar to all the resist rebels gathered watching, you know, getting ready for their brief and everything before they go after the Death Star. <laughs> Um, down to like the location looking similar to Yavin Four, um, but regardless. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I mean you're not wrong. But we also, for the first time ever, get to see the full Enterprise crew assembled, which is kind of nice. Yeah, we had a couple of aliens lurking in there, not as many as I would have liked to have seen. But you know, they spent all their budget on models. <laughs> <laughs> that and special effects, Dan. Right? That was oh my god, those uniforms. There was a moment when they're still retrofitting stuff, and this guy is helping boost someone into the ceiling, and he like fully extends, and it's just all moose knuckle. It's just dick and balls just pushing out <laughs> right in, and it's because it's a jumpsuit. I was like, I just got a face full of that dude's junk. <laughs> This is no way to run a military operation, but I guarantee you Kirk suggested those uniforms. What if we found a way to like handle all the female officers' complaints about the skirts, but still made it sexy time? <laughs> I think this I think this well, will he solve was, everything. <laughs> he was chief of operations, so it might be his fault. Those yeah, those the the bulge on the bridge is what I labeled it as in my notes. <laughs> it's the uh, just just a disaster. Um, I, I I just I couldn't understand why this happened. Why the insignias got a, considerably cheaper looking. Um, I was like, they're just Boy Scout patches now. 
They're just sewed on mm-hmm. Boy Scout patches. They absolutely are. <laughs> um, I also really hated the Decker Ilea love story. I was like, there's no reason for this. Uh, but it did it did hold up to original series laws, which was, oh, I've never seen these characters before. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I found Elia fascinating, but you're right. I wish. And I mean, I did appreciate that it was so understated that it was, you know, just casual connection and smiling. It wasn't, you know, face sucking and <laughs> had to keep that G rating. Yeah. Um, If you're going to have tension with another officer for control of the Enterprise, I get it. But don't try to give him, like, the hero moment at the end. I would have loved it if they gave that to Rand or Chekhov or somebody that we know. Like, if you'd done that to Rand, if you had her sacrifice herself, then, A, you don't have to use her in any more movies, so... Awesome. And B, you have a really <laughs> awesome send-off to a character that didn't get a send-off. Nope. She was just on the ship the whole time, just never featured again. Yep. It's like, no, she was still here. She just uh, was down in a cargo bay somewhere. She was. I'd like to think that she was less present because she was secretly running a pie gal room somewhere. Like she had like a gambling parlor somewhere hidden on the enterprise. And that's what she did for the rest of the five year mission. She was promoted from yeoman to chief gambler and chief gambler ran a gambling casino. Mm -hmm. I love that. Let's keep that. Yeah. Uh, That works. Um, Yeah. Decker Decker. I, I did enjoy that. He like had to, you know, say don't use phasers. Use use the photon torpedoes. Even though that whole slowed down time segment was rough, man. That was such a oh, bad was. scene. There's some cine- there's some cinematography choices just in general that are like, what the fuck is happening? Why are you sh- <laughs> why are you filming this like this? Who 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 thought that looked nice? They were like, yeah, this movies do this. Movies make make feel strange in space and lighting now they'll actually correction the lighting was pretty darn good um especially the use of blue with uh with v'ger um but i also i i just i just couldn't with the extended shots after i was halfway through this i was like the it's clear that you had about an hour worth of story maybe an hour and a half and you've somehow managed to make that into two hours and 12 minutes (laughs) almost exclusively through extended exterior shots like it was great to see a space station operating but the extended shots on epsilon nine before it was blown up and before well before it got the klingon message and before it was blown up was just awful now i did Side note, love seeing the on-screen translation from the Klingon message in uh, Epsilon 9. That was really cool. I was like, all right, technology's picking up a little bit. Um, Chekhov's whole getting burned thing was dumb. Them being probed by plasma. I was like, plasma's superheated gas. There's got to be a rupture in the ship. <laughs> it's a plasma energy, Jim. So the hull is being ripped open? What the <laughs> fuck? 
You all seem pretty casual about the whole thing. Yeah, I was like, this uh, looks like a much bigger problem than you're acting it out to be. Small thing that really made me upset. The new comm, the captain's chair. What the fuck? It's like a tiny little little office swivel chair with these awkward lap harness keyboard that like straps you in. That and you know Kirk, he's one erection away from that thing shattering. <laughs> Valid. Yeah, right. That's why he stands up immediately when Spock comes in. He's like, "Oh, nope, gonna break the chair." <laughs> I uh, I still love that the Enterprise has the boat throttle. <laughs> brings such joy to my heart <laughs> it's so slow and, and and you can see like it clearly was not done well by the uh by whoever constructed the set because sulu like is legit struggling to like get it going it's like god yeah, damn like... it come on <laughs> what would happen if he just floored it i wonder fly the ship apart <laughs> but no i loved I love that we got to see the warp core and we got to see the matter energy plasma making its way and that everyone was so stressed about the ship working properly. I did not like the wormhole effect. That's uh got a little that irritated me. Got a little That's not really how it's not really how things work, but I understand. You know. You took up at least fifteen minutes of time. Yeah, exactly. So good for you. It's, I was like, it's just the name of the game with this. Is like, hey, remember this? Now we're going to waste your time. <laughs> It uh, also when uh, the when they were being probed by the plasma energy, whatever, and Spock just went over and just wrecked the computer. <laughs> yep, Spock smash, <laughs> and he like finally let it out and was just like, "Here's your emotion, Jim. Is this enough emotion for you?" <laughs> and the plasma was like, "Oh, right." I wasn't dumb. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess I'll just take her. Right. Oh well, he broke that keyboard. I guess I can't get any more information off this ship. <laughs> Damn! Why did we store all the information was... right there? That one keyboard. I think maybe. <laughs> I think maybe it was just startled, and it was like, "Oh, <gasps> savages! Oh, I can't." <laughs> I'm gonna go back to the board. I don't want. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with these people. Right. Um, and that's when it decided to purge them. Yeah. And then... Uh, Slash photocopy them. When they decide to bring Aaliyah right back, they put her in a shirt that gave her about one inch coverage before you would see crotch. That thing mm-hmm. was so impossibly short. I was like, so this computer has no concept of purpose or self-actualization. But damn if it doesn't know what sexy is. <laughs> <laughs> the carbon-based yep, life forms have infested the Enterprise. I will take a form that they will think schwing when they see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and our dear Persis. I mean, she rocked that. She rocked being bald. Mm-hmm. Although apparently she uh, kept her hair in a box. In case it didn't grow back. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Her a- her was accent a was a fun choice. Um, she didn't do it a was. bad job with the part. It just seemed pretty ridiculous. Like, 
the only two new characters. Of course, we have to get rid of them by the end of the movie. There's not enough room on this crew. <laughs> I'm, and then we just put another rando in to be Navigator, Chief DeFalco. I'm like, oh, good to see you, I guess. I don't know. Put Rand on the bridge. <laughs> Come on. I just, I don't even like Rand. I just was like, don't give me another rando. Give me a Rand. I love Rand. <laughs> Uh, what else? What else? You like Rand, Dan. Don't give me that shit. Don't look at my legs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. When he find, but I I did love when Spock finally called Kirk Jim. Um, I know. I know. This simple feeling is beyond Veja's comprehension. And then I wrote in all caps, the feeling is love. (laughs) (laughs) We have to use radio. (laughs) Remember, radio <laughs> looks at the camera. We're in the future. <laughs> what is commonplace to you is ancient to us. Wink. <laughs> but yeah, no, I loved the feeling. Yeah, right. They've... The feeling of love, the feeling of Boner Town, the feeling of just the greatest love story of all time. I need to calculate velocity, preparing to calculate velocity into the orifice. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> oh. Kirk's like, oh, Spock. <laughs> Spock. I'm gonna, he's, he's doing he's stuff He's just to listening me. to that recording later, just alone in his chamber with the, with the lights off, smoking a cigarette. <laughs> he left this just for me. Also, what the fuck is an oxygen gravity envelope? They were. I don't know. They was able to create a, a oxygen gravity envelope. I'm like, what the fuck? Also, that thing is huge. I was like, how is Spock yes. gonna find anything in there? He gets inside. It's just more ship. Just the. I wasn't clear about what all the construction around it was. I guess it was ship. I guess it was just more stuff. Um, I'm glad. Th- I mean, it was essentially all the equipment that it needed to absorb people slash destroy people. I I was glad that the the little ten key inside still worked for them to key in the code at the end. Um, yeah, that's nice. Like, oh, there's a broken wire. Damn it! They didn't train us for this. <laughs> well, and Viger themselves did it. Yeah. Right. I yeah. The the two you know the two new main characters were just red shirted, which is fine. Um, Overall, this was a meandering, too many long shots. The stakes never really felt that real. I wish it had blown up some other planets, but I understand why they couldn't, because Star Wars. Um, (laughs) A wasted love story, shit costumes, deus ex Spock. Um, But... The human adventure is just beginning. So it is just beginning. It did it, it. You know, I I hated a lot of this, but it did capture a lot of what I loved about the original series. Primarily, well, I'm primarily glad. McCoy. This was the McCoy and Spock and Kirk show. <laughs> the others were there, which was nice. And James Jahan got some nice moments. We did. I did love my my Scotty, although he didn't get to be brilliant. Spock had to fix everything. Which was unfortunate. He did just get to be proud of his ship and say, we can't do it. But 
Did anything? Did anything uh, particularly grind your gears with this? Where you where you're like, oh come I on. Mean, the usual stuff. I <laughs> after about the third person in a spacesuit floating along, I'm like, okay, we get it. Yeah, right. <laughs> when, <laughs> every time when features destroyed Epsilon Nine, and there's just the one little guy out in front of it going, oh, oh, oh no, this was a bad day for me to do work outside. Oh God. <laughs> yeah no i'm like yeah after about the third one <laughs> i just always in my head go the entire time they're on screen because that's what i have to do to get through it but yeah the interior of viger i understand that it's supposed to be the most grand and ridiculous thing we've ever seen but uh you know you get to a point where nobody cares <laughs> Yeah. It's what I call the old man in the sea syndrome where you do something too much. You do too much of something and people stop caring. Yeah. It's they they had fancy new toys. They wanted to play with them and they wanted you to be so impressed. They're like, "Look guys, look at the movie we made. Look how pretty it is." <laughs> Funny story. Um uh, <laughs> Our dear Captain Kirk himself, William Shatner, after he saw this, after he saw the premiere, he was like, "Well, that was the last one we're going to be making. Goodbye, Star Trek. It's been fun. <laughs> Little did he know. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, I guess it shows what I know. Right. That's basically it. It's just there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of exterior shots. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And like if they would have cut the last half of the movie down to a quarter, it would be a great film. I would love it. I would, it would probably be one of my favorites because it's the first part is so good at getting everyone together and it manipulates you in just the right way to where you do feel those endorphins coming and you know it's just it's so good. I don't think it would be a great movie, but I think it'd be the perfect movie for Star Trek fans if this was like 30 to 40 minutes shorter. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 30 minutes shorter and this would be pretty pretty solid there's just a lot of little stuff that it's like come on i hate but um before we move on to quoted quote quotes cameron do you have any more general trivia or behind the scenes things or any fun little tidbits about this film you'd like to impart to me for my various comical reactions um you know I just might, Daniel Crary. I just might. Lay it on me, brother. Um, I mean, f my first favorite. Thing. I don't know if you saw any of the trailers for this. No. Should I watch the trailers real quick? They're on IMDb. Well, yes, you should. Okay. You should because they got Orson Welles to narrate them. Hold on. Shut the fuck up. I'm going to watch these <laughs> right now. All right. Here we go. Stars. The human adventure <laughs> is just beginning. <laughs> William Shatner. Take us out. Is Captain James T. Kirk. Yes, he is Captain James T. Kirk. Leonard Nimoy is Mr. Leonard Spock. Leonard Nimoy is Mr. Spock. DeForest Kelly <laughs> is Dr. Leonard Bones Leonard McCoy. Bones McCoy. James Duhan, Duhan James Lieutenant Duhan. Commander Montgomery Scott. 
George Takei is Lieutenant Commander Sulu. Majel Barrett is Dr. Christine Chappell. Walter Koenig is Lieutenant Paolo Oh, Chekhov. man, they're just, they're just ramping Michelle it up. Nichols is Lieutenant Commander Uhura. Oh, they didn't, they didn't give Rand credit yet. Commander Willard Decker. Nope. Persis Kambata is Lieutenant Ilya. Light show. Oh man. Oh, I'm getting nauseous. This trailer's moving a lot. <laughs> I just did like the THX sound. Oh, more lasers. Star Trek. The motion picture. Gene Roddenberry's production of a Robert Wise film. Wow. Gene Roddenberry's production of a Robert Wise film. That's Coming this Christmas the, uh... from Paramount. That's a pretty well-cut trailer. That is like, how can we get you to really, real? Okay, so this motherfucker, let's just talk for a second about Robert Wise. He directed yeah. The Sound of Music. He did. He directed West Side Story. He did. <laughs> he He's a good director. How did this happen? Well, I mean... Well, Dan, when you don't have song and dance, you have to, you know, have exterior shots. Oh. Okay. Well, that's going to be my f new favorite piece of trivia. The director of West Side Story and The Sound of Music also directed Star Trek, the motion picture. <laughs> and the Andromeda yeah, strain? Oh, yep. my God. So he's cap. So, okay, if it had just been those two, I'd be like, oh, okay. But he also did the Andromeda Strain, which is not amazing, mm -hmm. but it's it's got it's got some good moments. Um, so he can do sci-fi horror sort of thing. Um, interesting. That's a good trailer. <laughs> right. Okay. More trivia. More trivia. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. <laughs> well, my favorite bit of trivia is that. Um, this is the first film to use my favorite film composer, Jerry Goldsmith. Mm. Um, and actually, Gene Roddenberry wanted him for the original series, but he was too busy making awesome stuff. So he wasn't able to. And this is the first time. But he loved the theme that he created so much that he recycled it, not only for another Star Trek movie, but for Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, it's, it's pretty dope. When that started, I was like, oh, I know this. I know this. <laughs> I know this. But yeah, he was he was pretty excited about it. It also is the first film to introduce Klingon theme music, which we'll we will see in several more of these movies. But yeah. I uh there's other there are other stories that claim that William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy actually came up with the ending for this because they kept rewriting it and they were like, enough. Here's a good ending. What do you think? Set course for somewhere out there. <laughs> I I loved that. That is one of my favorite quotes, actually. Uh, I thought that was a that subtle away. homage. Now I'm thinking to uh, to 
<laughs> to Robert Weiss's West Side Story. Somewhere. <laughs> that away. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, now I want to... Heading, sir? Out there. Out there. That, that away. away. Star Trek Star Trek 2, where we ended up randomly. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek 2, shit gets real. <laughs> Could you get that excited over a cup of coffee? It's a perfect, perfect segue to quotes. <laughs> oh, I have so many favorite quotes from this. Yeah. I did. I will say Decker did have one good, uh, one or two. Um, we all create God in our own image. Ooh, poignant, topical. <laughs> Admiral, we just spent eighteen months redesigning and refitting the Enterprise. How in the name of hell do they expect to ha- me to have it ready in twelve hours, Mister Scott? An alien object of unbelievable destructive power is less than three days away from this planet. The only starship in interception range is the Enterprise. Ready or not, she launches in 12 hours. How are they always the only ship? They need more fucking ships. <laughs> the the galaxy is a very big place. But man. it's Earth. It's, like, important to the Federation. They have their shipyard there, and there's no ships? <laughs> <laughs> it's literally... The other ships are literally people with saddles on warp nacelles. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw! Rojan, you get back here. <laughs> <laughs> and then they have hand phasers. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Rojan, god damn it, don't take that nacelle without asking. That's <laughs> the seventh space cavalry. Uh, I love it so much. <laughs> Anyway, um, well, for a man who swore he'd never return to the Starfleet. Just a moment, Captain, sir. I'll explain what happened. Your revered Admiral Nagura invoked a little-known, seldom-used reverse activation clause. In simple language, Captain, they drafted me. They didn't. This was your idea. This was your idea, wasn't it? Bones, there's that thing out there. Why is any object you don't understand always called a thing? Like, this is his first (laughs) moment back on the ship, and I'm like, oh, it's like a gruff blanket enveloping me (laughs) in its its peevish mentality. In its bearded and peevish mentality. Although... Why is any object we don't understand always called a thing? Yep. Fairly progressive. Yeah, right. Oh, he does say we. I, I missaid it. I thought it was you. Like he was calling Kirk out. How come you don't know what anything is? You just call it a thing. <laughs> You're dumb. <laughs> well, Jim, I hear Chapel's an MD now. Well, I'm going to need a top nurse, not a doctor, who will argue every little diagnosis with me. And they probably redesigned the whole sick bay too. I know engineers, they love to change things. <laughs> Which again is coded for, well, I never got to second base with Chapel, <laughs> so see what you can scrounge up for me. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Then there's the incredibly dark and twisty Enterprise. What we got back didn't live long, fortunately. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, Bones, do the new medical facilities meet your approval? They do not. 
It's like working in a damn computer center. (laughs) (laughs) But my favorite line in the entire movie was, Spock, this child is about to wipe out every little thing on Earth. Now what do you suggest we do? Spank it? (laughs) Kirk raises an eyebrow. (laughs) It knows only that it needs, Commander. But like so many of us, it does not know what. Spock casts a sideways glance at Kirk. Kirk looks away, ashamed. (laughs) Uh, Any show of resistance would be futile, Captain. Uh, He just... Each of us, at some time in our lives, turns to someone, a father, a brother, a god, and asks, Why am I here? What was I meant to be? Yeah. Yep. So he's, good. Yeah, he's crying also, for Beecher, the... and I was like, Ah, I almost forgot, Leonard. You're a damn fine actor. You had to remind me right at the end. <laughs> He's a superb actor. But the any show of resistance would be futile is a good tie-in to the fact that V'ger might have been abducted by the Borg. Fingers crossed. Resistance is futile. Fingers crossed. I hope they make that canon at some point because I really like that connection. Yeah. I mean, if they recycle this plot for like a fourth time in Discovery, then they can they can backdoor their way there. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Jim... I want this. As much as you wanted the Enterprise, I want this. Spock, you haven't changed a bit. You're just as warm and sociable as ever. Nor have you, Doctor, as your continued predilection for irrelevance demonstrates. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So good. Don't interfere with it. <laughs> I, Absolutely, I will not interfere. <laughs> and Chekhov's here too, remember, guys? <laughs> <laughs> My oath of celibacy is on record, Captain. What? <laughs> I'm sure the Captain didn't mean anything personal. I would never take advantage of a sexually immature species. You can assure him that that's the truth, can't you? <laughs> Ooh. What? <laughs> oh, God. He knows. Also, Uhura is lieutenant commander now, which right. I love. I forgot to mention that everyone's gotten promoted. It could hold a crew of tens of thousands. Or a crew <laughs> of a thousand ten miles tall. <laughs> yeah, it was the McCoy show. It was show. the McCoy this, show. This like, let's let's be honest. Show. If this movie really should be subtitled, it should be Star Trek, the motion picture. McCoy! (laughs) I also loved, no casualties reported, Doctor. Wrong, Mr. Chekhov. There are casualties. My wits. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes, you were undergoing the uh, colonnar discipline. If you're referring to colonnar, Doctor, you are correct. (laughs) Damn it, Bones, I need you. Badly. Badly. (laughs) Oh, gosh. So good. So, so good. So good. Well, Well, I guess that just leaves one other thing to new now that we've talked on for well over an hour. Hey, you know what? There was a lot happening. It's a movie. There was. It was a film, and I love this. I 
there's a lot to talk about. There's still a lot to talk about. We could probably go on for another two well, hours. But for the sake of you all getting exhausted from our voices, what would you rate this puppy, Daniel Query? I think I would give... So I want you to understand that the experience of watching this is not the same as my rating for it as a as a film like there were individual episodes as you know that had great moments that i'm like i love this i had fun this is a terrible piece of shit though um so unfortunately (laughs) i have to give this two and one quarters v'ger sphincters (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a perfect rating you're welcome actually i I already told you that everything I need was for you to say that you enjoy the crew coming back together. That's all I need. I needed. told you. I, they I mean, cheers to me. I went, oh, Spock! Oh, Jim! Scotty! <laughs> Rant? Rant? <laughs> that I was like, oh! Huh. I guess she's here too. I miss the beehive. Also, you gotta lose the jumpsuit. Everyone lose those fucking jumpsuits. They're awful. Oh, they will. Don't you worry about it. Don't you worry about it, Daniel Crary. Okay. I, I mean, you're not wrong. This is, I enjoyed it way more than I remembered enjoying it, but it's still one of the worst Star Trek movies by far. So I'm going to give it three V'ger sphincters. (laughs) V'ger anuses. (laughs) Oh, V'ger. V'ger, V'ger, V'ger. God damn it. Voyager. Right? Oh, so when we do Voyager, should I just call it Star Trek Voyager? <laughs> <laughs> no. Previously on Star Trek Voyager. <laughs> God damn it, Road Jane. <laughs> Daddy, I'm not going to listen to Captain Jane Way. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't trust her. She's got a doctor who's like made a light or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, son, that could be misconstrued as misconstrued sexism. <laughs> Lord. Well, Cameron. Um, Not misconstrued. Straight up sexism. Straight up sexism. Anyway. Because we're doing these <laughs> double long deep dives into the into the movies, we're just going to maybe do one a week. We'll see. We'll see what we can get through. I make no promises to you yeah. bloodthirsty podcast listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will start making promises if you, you know, rate us, subscribe, leave a, leave a review. Like wherever you're listening right yeah. now, just leave a review. You know this was fun. You enjoyed it. Yep. Don't pretend like you didn't. <laughs> and reach out to us on social media. Tell us your favorite parts. Mm-hmm. Tell us if this is your favorite Star Trek movie, because I know there are those of you out there that this is your favorite. Just let us know. Double O Matt Generation. Cameron's going to gram up a storm. Whoa, damn. Camel toes and moose knuckles all yeah, around. There's enough moose knuckles to start a fist fight. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. But we will be back with Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan. I, I'm guessing we'll talk about two hours on that one. 
There's gonna be a lot. Yep, yep. There's gonna be a lot. So much. Oh. It's so good. It's gonna be us and Ricky Montebank. It's gonna be great. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you saw, but there was a visual pun making rounds for Christmas Day on the internet, and it was Ricardo in the middle of a wreath. Oh, the wreath of Khan? <laughs> no, it was Wreath Cardo Montebank. Oh, <laughs> You don't get to boo. Well, I thought it was Wreath of Khan. That'd be much funnier. I know, I know. (laughs) Wreath of Khan. That is pretty good. Well, uh, until next time. Have a great week, everyone. Keep on trekking. Today, we're watching Star Trek, the motion picture, woo! With an alien force unseen before, now Admiral Kirk will have to take control of the newly refitted Enterprise back and reassemble so his sorry, crew Cameron. to save Earth. Uh, I'm so sorry. That that doesn't make any sense. That alien force unseen before headed towards Earth. Try that. That actually, there you go. Try it one more time, sorry. Okay. Today, we're watching Star Trek The Motion Picture. Woo! With an alien. That was a good (laughs) move. That was my best one. That was a good move. (laughs) Alrighty. Consummate professionals. A Secret Weapon Production.